Robbie Ray struggled with spotty command and gave up his 11th home run of the year while Sergio Romo had arguably the worst outing of his entire 15-year career as the Orioles blew out the Mariners by a score of 9-2 on Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about that, as well as Jared Kelnick's recent tear in AAA Tacoma and tonight's rubber match in Baltimore on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, June 2nd, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Tidane Gonzalez. He's Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Control Zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Lockdown Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the M's. We also get into some non-baseball discussions over on Control of Zone as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Control of Zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So as I mentioned in the cold open, uh, we're going to be talking about Jared Kelnick, who's off to a strong start in AAA since being demoted back in mid-May. We're also going to be talking about tonight's rubber match between the Orioles and the Mariners. Got Chris Flexen on the bump going up against Jordan Lyles. But first, we need to get into last night's game, uh, which was a brutal one for the Seattle Mariners. After shutting out the Orioles by a score of 10 to nothing on Tuesday night, the uh, Mariners came back to Camden Yards and pretty much reverse roles, getting blown out themselves. Final score, 9-2 to Orioles in this one, and the biggest reason, of course, as is the case with any blowout loss, was the pitching for the Mariners. Another underwhelming start in a Mariners uniform for Robbie Ray, just five innings of work um, with spotty command and some you know, really bad arm side misses at times. And uh, the offense couldn't get it going either. And um, Robbie Ray, of course, also gave up his uh, 11th home run of the season, uh, to Rugnet Odor, which was absolutely obl- obliterated to Utah Street, a three-run shot. That is um, Ray's 11th home run of the season allowed, which ties him for fourth most in Major League Baseball with Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs. And then finally, uh, Sergio Romo got into this game in the bottom of the sixth, and it was actually well within reach for the Yems. It was just 4-2 to two Orioles at the time. Uh, but Romo, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, out of the 15 years that he's played in Major League Baseball, Last night may have been the worst outing he's ever had in his entire career. He gives up three home runs. That is the first time ever in his career he's ever given up three home runs in one single outing. He gives up a solo shot to Ryan Mountcastle, then a solo shot to Ramon Urias, and then after an RBI double by Cedric Mullins, he gives up a two-run shot to Trey Mancini. Five earned runs in total. That's just the third time in Romo's career that he's given up five earned runs. That was just the third time in his career that he's given up two home runs in a single outing. It, I mean, it was just one of those nights for the Mariners. It's one of those weird baseball nights. Let's talk about Ray first, though, because this is, uh, I mean, it's it just, it, it isn't getting better. I mean, he's not an absolute disaster necessarily, but he hasn't been particularly good either. I mean, what did you see from him last night? Yeah, um, just really struggled with uh, mostly command. Uh, it, it 
you know, it's, it's just one of those things where with Ray, it feels like it's, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And it happens, you know, in innings, not even in games. And it's it, not even, you know, in stretches of games. It just, it, you never know what you're going to get inning to inning. And, and, you know, last night he had three walks, um, a lot of, a lot of stuff in the middle of the plate, uh, you know, 89 pitches in five innings. So it wasn't an easy five innings either. He just didn't really have the good uh, command of his stuff. Um, you know, and it, it kind of looked like, well, there's the big inning. And then he settled in a little bit. Uh, but it, it was a real backbreaker when Seattle cut the lead to three to two. Um, and then Ray went out there and got two outs and then just couldn't finish it off uh, properly. It's becoming increasingly easy to see when he is going to implode. Um, basically what you're looking at is you're looking for a guy to get in scoring position and then you're looking for an arm side miss. And when you see those two things or a walk and then another arm side miss, uh, it means he's completely lost his release point. It's he's lost feel and command and control, and it's going to take him a couple batters to get it back. And by the time he does, there's usually a lot of damage that has been done. Um, and that's it just, you know, goes to show you, you can be great for, 20 batters but if you're absolutely lose it for five you're going to lose a lot of games um because that's the level of skill you're going up against even against bad uh offenses so yeah just didn't get much value out of the fastball he only had four whiffs on, on that pitch um we did see mid 96 uh once mm-hmm. or twice which was good to see but not that meaningful and even the slider wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. He threw 38 of them. He got 11 whiffs, um, but it just wasn't uh, as sharp as we had seen in, in previous outings. Uh, Ray was on a little bit of a run there uh, over his last, I don't know, three, four starts, and then last night just felt like a massive step backwards uh, because yeah. it was, I mean, to be frank. So yeah. uh, it's just not an acceptable outing against uh, a team like Baltimore, especially when you're, trying to write the ship and he's supposed to be the ace and, and all that stuff. So just combine all that. He just didn't have the good command, the good control. He walked three guys, uh, which is a bit unusual for him. And he just didn't generate nearly the whiffs that he should have um, against this lineup. And so, you know, give Baltimore some credit. They, uh, they got to him, uh, but also Robbie Ray just did not pitch well. And it's, it's a bummer because momentum you know, the old adage, momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. And now they have to rely on Chris Flexen to try and win tonight. Um, and while Chris has pitched well at times, he's also pitched incredibly poorly at times. And this is a series the Mariners really need to win. Yeah, and if they don't, I mean, that's um, it, it pretty much a similar feeling to, you know, how, how it felt after you lost the series to the A's, which was another series in which you won game one and then fell apart in games two and three. Um, and that's been kind of a, a routine here now for the, for the Mariners. I think uh, this is now the fourth or fifth time this season here in the early going that they've won game one and then lost game two. And then uh, typically they, uh, they've they lost game three in those instances as well. So uh, hopefully that trend does not continue in this series uh, because they absolutely need to win. But yeah, talking about Ray, uh, 16 whiffs. For Ray in this one, which is the first time in those last three starts that he's fallen under uh, 20 swings and misses. And, um, you know, you mentioned it, you know, given the circumstances of this game, of the series, of the matchup, and who Robbie Ray is supposed to be for this team, uh, it's unacceptable, frankly. And I mean, you know, 
I don't want to overreact here. I don't think that the the Robbie Ray signing is a disaster for the Mariners yet. I know a lot of people do right now, but um, you know it's still very early. But yeah, this is uh, this is disappointing so far what we've seen out of Robbie Ray. Uh, I can't lie about it at this point. I mean, there, there's no other way to really go about saying this. Really, it's just it's really disappointing. Um, he hasn't been anywhere near as good as. I expected even with accounting for possible regression from where he was last year, right? Uh, it's been worse than that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's supposed to be, obviously he's not an ace, right? He's just, you know, he so happens to be the number one pitcher in the Mariners uh, rotation though. And as the number one in that rotation, you need to get better protection out of him, it's particularly against teams like the Orioles who, yeah, they have some talent in their lineup. We, talked about that you know over the last couple of episodes that this is a you know a talented team a, a, a more talented team than their record would indicate right um but even then this is still the worst team in the al east uh you're playing in this ballpark which is a little bit more favorable for pitchers now and uh just weren't able to get it done you give up four um yeah that's just that's just not gonna play uh if you're robbie ray uh the, the mariners just need better out of him quite frankly uh, so we're going to be talking about Jared Kelnick in just a moment because he is off to a uh, pretty good start down in AAA, but does it really matter? We're going to be discussing that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right after you're done listening to us and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, before we talk about Jared Kelnick, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to Locked on podcast.com slash survey thank you for your help all right so it's been uh, a pretty good two weeks here for jared kelnick down in triple a tacoma right now he is slashing 321 367 643 with four home runs and a wrc plus of 145 he's got a seven game hitting streak going on right now he's got a four game extra base hit streak going on right now as well he hit a, he hit a leadoff home run and uh last night's game against reno but I wrote an article today on uh, Inside the Mariners, insidethemariners.com or si.com forward slash MLB forward slash Mariners. Please check it out. Uh, that's our new website. And uh, I talked about or, or, or I asked the question rather, does it matter? And frankly, I don't think it does. And I'll tell you why here, because look, last year, Jared Kelnick was demoted 
to AAA in the summer, and he played 24 games, and uh, he was pretty good. You know, he hit 306, 386, 622 in 24 games. Those are pretty familiar numbers, right? And then he came back up, and in uh, in in um, I believe it was mid July, and uh, he struggled again. He struggled in August, and then he broke out in in September, of course, and that kind of instilled this false sense of confidence in the Mariners that he was going to be there every day. You know, left fielder, right fielder, center fielder, whatever the plan was at the start of of the off season. And uh, they didn't really do anything in, in the outfield other than acquiring Jesse Winker, of course. Uh, but there was a pretty big reliance on Kelnick being good right from the get-go. And, uh, of course, as we found out, that was unfortunately not the case for the Mariners and uh, not the case for Kelnick. And so, you know, there's also some concerning signs here with Kelnick's stat line as well. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He's had 60 plate appearances thus far. 23 of them have resulted in strikeouts. That's a 38.3% strikeout rate. So, again, while AAA numbers are more or less meaningless, and typically the positive numbers don't necessarily translate to big league success, the the high, very, very, very high strikeout rate indicates that there are still glaring holes in Kelnick's game. This is not something that he has suddenly fixed in two weeks. He is he's still I wouldn't say broken, but certainly in need of some form of repair here. And uh that hasn't changed uh, with what he's done. Uh and no box score, no Twitter video is going to change that. Uh really, you know, my feeling on it right now is that none of us are going to know whether Jared Kelnick is ready or not until the Mariners say he is. Because it's really the things that he needs to work on, the things that are important here are not stats. They're not if he can hit a bunch of home runs and get on base a ton. It's the mental side of things. And it's his mechanics. And both of those things we are now going to learn, like I said, from a 20-second Twitter video or a box score from MILB Mariners. We're just not. Colby, I mean, am I wrong here? Like, is, is is there something that we should take from Kelnick's success so far, or is this just meaningless? Um, you know, I, I, I see the videos, same as you, and all that stuff, and I look at the numbers, and yeah, they're good, and, and the videos seem to show that he is at least now willing to go the other way. Um, I think two of his home runs have been to left center field. Um, he had a triple to dead center field. We've seen him flip multiple base hits in the left field. Um, on pitches that were, you know, on the outside corner. And at the major league level, he was not doing that. He was not capable of doing that. So, you know, whether that's just because the stuff down there isn't quite as good. So he's, you know, feeling more comfortable and waiting. Um, uh, that ha- that extra, you know, split second before deciding whether or not to swing, I don't know. Um, but there does appear to be some positives. But at the end of the day, you can't run a 38% strikeout rate uh in triple a and expect to find success at the big leagues that that profile just doesn't work and, and he's only walking six percent of the time um mm. so it's not even like a joey gallo situation where he's striking out 35 percent of the time but he's walking 15 so it's you know okay yeah uh he needs to cut down on the strikeouts he uh needs to uh walk a little bit more um and to me he's still weeks 
if not months away from being a realistic option uh, for, for the Seattle Mariners. Um, especially since we know Upton will be up here pretty quick. Um, mm. And Taylor Trammell continues to, uh, to produce. And, and again, it's a very short sample with Trammell, but so far he's been good. Uh, mm. We know that they're, they're going to put Upton uh, on this big league roster and we know he's going to play, you know, get a, get a good run. Um, probably of at least a couple weeks and not a, a month, six weeks, something like yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, he's still to me. He, I, I'm not even touching Kelnick. I'm not even broaching the idea until at least July, and mm-hmm. uh, then we'll see where he's at. But he has to cut down on the strikeouts, regardless of you know what the rest of the numbers look like. It's just it's not going to sustain major league success if you're striking out almost 40 percent of the time in AAA. Yeah, I mean that's just that's that's the big red flag right there. Just flashing neon sign like hey calm down your expectations right now calm down your excitement there is no excitement to glean from any positive numbers in AAA. it means nothing it is pixie dust it does not exist that rarely rarely does uh AAA numbers uh, positive ones at least translate to um you know what you're going to be able to do at the big league level uh but like you said the concerning sides definitely translate that definitely you know, exemplifies what uh, might um, or, or at least projects rather what might happen once you get to the big league level. And right now he's still he's got to work on stuff. And and look, you know, I know the Mariners are 20, 21 and 29 round right now. They need some outfield help. Jared Kelnick isn't that right now. And even though that the Mariners are, are fourth place in the West and things are, you know, kind of seemingly falling apart for them and all that, they are still nowhere near a position right now where they can have, uh, forfeit at bats for the sake of development. That's not this point in time yet. And, um, well, and so, and, and quite frankly, you know, they're not going to be able to give him uh, the at bats he requires because they're not going to be able to afford having the possibility of a black hole in their lineup, another black hole in their lineup, because they already have at least two right now in their lineup on most nights, if not three on most nights. And so they're not going to continue to create that again. And, uh, you know, and have Kelnick face uh, quality major league talent that is going to overpower him. It just, it's a dessert. It would be a disservice to the team and it would be a disservice to him to call him up as quickly as they did the last time he was demoted. Cause again, it was only 24 games that he was down there after he got demoted last summer. And then right. they brought him back up. And like I said, again, he, he struggled in July. He struggled in August. And then he had that breakout in September, which was honestly, now that we kind of have the full picture here of what happened, you know, after he came back from the off season, it's kind of just nothing short of a miracle like for, for Kelnick that, that month of September. So I just, it would be unwise for the Mariners to force this issue and to, to press this issue. Cause uh, you know, and, and Jerry DePoto has talked about extending a, a life raft to, uh, to, you know, his, his floundering uh, prospects and uh, like Kelnick, you know, really right now, it, it, nothing in his stat sheet indicates whether he's just keeping his head above water or actually swimming ashore. And we're really not going to know that until the Mariners say whether or not that is the case. And, right. uh, yeah. And I mean, one thing they're not going to do is they're not going to rush Kelnick because they have to prove the deal was good or Jerry's worried about his job now. And so yeah, they have to get Kel- Kelnick has to hit so he can prove that Jerry's good at his job. Ooh. None of that BS is going to happen. 
um, because A, well, Jerry's job is not in danger as much as some people may want it to be. It's yeah. not, and it shouldn't be. Um, but also, you know, it's, I feel like it's important to keep pointing this out. Uh, Jared Kelnick is 22 years old. Yeah. He doesn't turn 23 until next month. Yeah, so I have an interesting note on that. So this comes from Luke Arkins of Prospect Insider. There are only 21 players right now in AAA that are younger than Jared Kelnick. I was going to say, he's about six and a half, seven years younger than the average AAA player. Um, So, yeah, he's he's young for AAA. If, if, If Jared Kelnick was drafted as a college player, if he had gone to college, this would be his first year in pro ball. Yeah. Right, and he's already gotten... 450 plate appearances in the majors. So the Mariners aren't going to rush him because they don't need Kelnick to be good right away. It's not like it's hurting their window that he's not good right now. Um, is it hurting them this season? Sure. But is, is the window now shut because Kelnick hasn't gotten yeah. it going? No, it's not. He's only 22. He turns 23 in about six weeks. Um, and there's just no reason to rush him. There's no reason to give up on him. There's no reason to panic on him and so the Mariners aren't going to do any of that. They they will call yeah. up Jared Kelnick when they believe he can succeed against major league pitching. Um I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think they've earned some of that. Uh but for me it would be at least another month and a serious yeah. reduction in the strikeouts, but we'll see what they decide, but I I would be pretty shocked if he's up before I'd say June 30th. I'd be pretty surprised. And quite frankly, at this point, especially if the Mariners are going to be in a position where maybe they turn this thing around and they're starting to compete. If he stays the whole year in AAA, so yeah. be it. If that's what helps, if that's what fixes him, then so be it. Because the next time right. that they call him up, I'm just going to say it. They need to be absolutely sure that he's going to be able to contribute to some degree. They have to be absolutely sure that that's going to be the case this time. They cannot... They cannot right. rush him back. They cannot do the thing that they did last year. Like I said, where 24 games. Oh, look, he's producing in AAA. All right, cool. We're good. No, no, don't do that. If he give him 50 games, give him 60 games, give him 100 games. It doesn't matter. As much time right. as he needs, give it to him. Do not rush this thing whatsoever. Again, just let him reset. Let him get in, in, in into his groove and work on some things and get comfortable with those new mechanics as well. Don't just see him change certain things with a swing or a setup or whatever and give him five games with that and be like, cool. All right, let's go. You're coming back. Yeah. No, give him 20 games, yeah. 30 games with that. Get, let even, him have time. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you're in a position where like, let's say hypothetically, they do get back into us and, and Upton is struggling and Trammell, you know, is kind of reverting back to what he was last year and, and Hanniger's not quite rehabbing fast enough. And, and, you know, Lewis is is still only able to play a couple days a week and he's not able to play the field still. You would still be better off going out and getting somebody else yeah, uh, outside of the org than just calling up Jared Kelnick. So there yeah. really is no reason, regardless if whether the team is playing well and they need some, you know, some some more talent added to the roster, or the team is playing poorly and their season's over and they just want to get guys at bats, there's no reason to call up Jared Kelnick at the current yeah. state that he's at which yeah. is good, bad, or in the middle. There's no reason. So absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. All right. So we're going to be talking about the Mariners rubber match tonight. Got Chris Flexen versus Jordan Lyles. As I said earlier, uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of locked on Mariners is brought to you by blue Nile. 
Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So, again, we got... Chris Flexen, Jordan Lyles. Lyles has been pretty solid for the Orioles. He's leading the team in pitcher F4 right now at one. He's just exactly one, one flat. Um, and uh, we know about this Orioles offense as well, the talent that it does have. Uh, and Flexen, as you mentioned earlier on in the show, has been shaky at times. He's been really inconsistent. He's had some good performances here. You think about the Tampa matchup, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's been a very up-and-down year for Chris Flexen. He's kind of embodies how the Mariners have operated in general this year. It's very up-and-down. You got one start, you build some momentum, and then the momentum completely crashes the very next outing. Uh, so, Let's uh, let me just ask you this. I, I mean, what does Chris Flexen have to do in this uh, this game to uh, to get through it? Give the Mariners a chance to to get the series win. Uh, he's got to pitch pretty well. Uh, it's it's the cutter. <laughs> it it's always the cutter for Chris Flexen. The answer doesn't change. Um, if he if the cutter is good and he is commanding it, he has a shot to go six seven innings, give up two three runs. Um, if he doesn't. It's a batting practice fastball, and he's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. It's it's the same story every single time he goes out there. Does Chris Flexen have the good cutter tonight? Can he command it? Then he has a good shot. It, if he doesn't, you know, you kind of pray for a Marco Gonzalez-like game where, you know, lots of hard contact, but well-positioned defenders make plays and yada, yada. So um, it's, it's all about the cutter, and, and you know we we did see some some changeups uh, in his last outing against Texas that were pretty good. Um, we know that he can crank up the velocity to ninety four ninety five if he needs it, but ultimately it's the cutter. He has to locate it on the glove side uh, of the of the strike zone on his glove side of the strike zone uh, to both lefties and righties. And if he can do that, then he can go pretty deep against what is still a bad lineup. Um, but uh, yeah. The, he has to give his offense a shot, and Lyles is, you know, um, a fringe average major league starter. Yeah. But those guys have had the tendency to shut down the Mariners in the past. So, um, yeah, ty- typically, if you see like a, like a really good pitcher, like a Kevin Gossman or Max Scherzer, it's like cool. The Mariners have a chance to win tonight, and then you see Jordan yeah. Lyles, and it's like, uh oh, <laughs> I mean Kyle Bradish. So. Yeah, we'll see what offense we get. The offense is still pretty streaky, but is on a bit of a good run right now. Uh, Yeah. Ty France uh, is doing Ty France things. still. three more hits last night. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. JP Crawford got on the board with a home run last night as well. That was his first home run since uh, May 1st. And then, and then made a bad throw. Yeah. yeah, As, as is tradition now. Uh, JP Crawford home runs come at a cost. So 
thankfully the game was already out of reach at that point, but uh, yeah. So, um, you know, Julio got on base a couple times last night, had another hard hit ball. That was just double play. Um, yeah. Unfortunate timing there. Um, so yeah, it just, the offense is okay. They didn't come up with the big hit they needed last night, had a couple opportunities early. Um, fourth, fifth inning didn't really take advantage. Only got to run a piece in those innings, and they just kind of cruise. But uh, Toro's back in the lineup tonight, uh, so yeah, they they have a shot. Um, it is worth noting, and you guys probably know this by the time you're listening to this. Uh, weather is rolling in uh, through the Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland area, so there's a good chance this game gets delayed. I think they're going to try very hard to fit it in because obviously Seattle doesn't go back to Baltimore this year. So I would still suspect the game gets played, but there's a decent chance it will be delayed and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that impacts, uh, you know, Lyles and, and Flexen. Um, yeah. Shouldn't be too bad because it's not like they're going to, you know, get hot. And then like 30 minutes before first pitch, they're gonna be like, Oh, let's push it back a couple hours. Uh, yeah. We should have an answer to that pretty soon as we are recording. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see it. It's, it's a big night for the Mariners. If they can get this win, win back-to-back series, you know, head to Texas, who's playing pretty well, uh, you know, with some momentum uh, and try to win another series, uh, that, that's how they're going to dig themselves out of the hole. It's not going to be some random 10-game win streak that they're going to rip yeah. out. So just got to keep winning series. Yeah, got to string together some series victories. And mm-hmm. um, if they win tonight, this will be just the first time uh, the Mariners have won uh, back-to-back series since April twenty-fourth. So it's been a it's been a long time for for the yeah. M's, and and they've only done that twice, right? They won three series in a row back in April with the uh, I believe it was the Astros, Rangers, and Royals. That was on the homestand, the first homestand, and then uh, yeah, and now they got an opportunity to do it now after uh, taking two or three from the Astros this past weekend. And uh, if they can get a win tonight. So we'll see if they can do it. They really need to. They really, really need to. Because if not, they're at the 30 loss mark now. They they would be 21 and 30 after tonight. That's uh, not a place that you want to be right now. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And we'll be back tomorrow talking about it all and getting you set for the Mariners Rangers series, which starts tomorrow night down in Arlington. But that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.